Welcome to the BG Cast, a podcast seeking to bring the battleground community and schools together. My name is David, and I'll be your host for this journey. And I'll be joined each episode by Denny Waters, the Battleground Public Schools District Superintendent. Our goal is to bring the voice of the schools to the community and the voice of the community to the schools. We'll be talking about the many things that make BGPS such a great district, hearing stories from students and staff, and shining a spotlight on some of the hidden treasures you may not know about. We'll also be covering some of the challenging and controversial topics that bubble to the surface around the community. All right, our game for this week is the winter, winter would you rather. Okay. All right. Winter, okay. winter would you rather school employee edition. Would you rather have a week of snow days in the winter or the extra week of vacation in the summer? The latter. The latter? You want you want more time in the summer? I'll take that. Yeah. Please. I'm the same. Yeah. I'll take a late start though, but I, I would prefer the not extending the school year. Now see, I'm the opposite because I have to work in the summer anyway, so <laughs> too bad for you guys. <laughs> Give me a week off in the in the winter, I'm all good. <laughs> nice, I like that. But that is a bit of a loaded question because you're talking to someone from the South District and someone from the, the North That's part. Yes. Where we're yeah, yeah. The divided, infamous so. the infamous district split. That's right. The Mason yeah. Dixon line. My favorite. South. Yeah, being in the South, my favorite is getting the phone call like uh, north is two hours late, but the rest of you go to school. <laughs> and then an hour later, never mind. <laughs> north, stay home. It is not an accurate science, just so you know. <laughs> I'm up at, I hate this time of year. I'm up at three in the morning for like weeks at a time mm-hmm. trying to talk to the bus company and say, what do you think? Ah. <laughs> it's an inexact science. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. All right, next question. Would you rather have your, your classroom or office get tinseled or wrapping papered well, i'm going wrapping paper because yeah. that's easier to get rid of yeah i'm the same i don't want tinsel go, going with royal icing so but yeah i'll take wrapping paper all right, easier all to right. clean up would you rather have the school bell be mele kalikimaka or all i want for christmas is you the first. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's a little yeah. more fun yeah. to yeah. sing, I think. I got, yeah, I got the Hawaii Mary connection. Kimaka yeah, I, is a or Feliz Navidad. Yeah. That'll get stuck Fel- in your head. I cannot part. stand Feliz Navidad. <laughs> I know, you've told me that before. <laughs> it's just because it's nothing to do with the song. Just, it gets stuck in my head, and it w- for days and Feliz days on Navidad. end. Wow. No, you're going to do dun, it on dun, purpose dun, now. Dun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's there. <laughs> All right, would you rather be gifted a partridge in a pear tree or three French hens? A hens, we can cook yeah. them. Yeah, the hens, of course. Yeah, hens. <laughs> I have no more to say to that. That was perfect. We, we would like to cook those yeah. during that summer week off. There right. you go. Right. We're barbecue. Outdoor kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, would you rather have to wear an ugly holiday sweater every day in December or a full Santa suit for a day, I including already... the, the full prosthetic belly? Wow. Well, I don't need the belly. I already have that. But uh, <laughs> I already do the uh, sweaters on Friday, so adding a couple days wouldn't hurt. Okay. Santa, I'm going to choose Santa, please. Yeah, I will too. <laughs> I will too. One day of pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's just hot. Like, do I want to be hot every day for a month or just one day? I think I'd choose the one day. Yeah. 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 Is the, the, the choir rooms a little 
temperature sensitive. It's, <laughs> it's, it's erratic. We'll leave it at that. Okay. We'll just, <laughs> um, would you rather your students wear jingle bells on their shoes or continuously have a candy cane in their mouth during class? Shoes. Uh, can, yeah, candy canes, it's not very permissible to... You know, Culinary. your palate. Like, needs yeah, to be I was going to say right. Every, yeah, so. everything would be um, <laughs> off taste-wise. <laughs> yeah, it's like timers are going off, right? Like something's done in the oven, bells bing, constantly bing. ring, right? <laughs> so, well, and if you have like small ch- children, you learn to block certain noises out. So, yeah, you just it'd become white noise. <laughs> you become That's immune. Right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. You're going bells. Your bells. I would go bells. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to go bells because then you can't you can't sing with a with a candy cane in your mouth. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Would you rather have students snowshoe or ice skate through the halls? Snowshoes will slow them down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have a lot of tardies. Right. <laughs> yeah. They might. Yeah. Um, but I like the fact that students would would maybe with ice skates. Be expeditious about getting to class. Mm-hmm. So if they, now is the premise that they all know how to skate? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm going with ice skates. I don't know if I can. We don't have a tardy issue really at Prairie. I don't think we have a locked doors. So I don't know. I guess ice skates are fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think they'd become a weapon. Ice machines, Prairie would yeah. be good because you've got all that concrete around. Kids We're outdoors. Would be, yeah. yeah, kids would be like skating through the. That's right. <laughs> yeah, not the hallways at at Battleground. <laughs> just keep heading right to Winco or right. Dairy Queen or whatever else. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, I've got one more question here. Would you rather decorate sugar cookies with the district kindergartners or build gingerbread houses with the district middle schoolers? We did sugar cookies at the... We did a CTE expo at one of the middle schools, so we did that. So... Gingerbread houses, I think. I thought you were going to differentiate the the kindergartners or the like district staff. Yeah, <laughs> and, and make us pick there. So, I uh, we did uh, we just this week decorated cookies, shortbread cookies, and did decorating. So that's fresh. So I'm going to go middle school. Yeah. Yeah. Something different. Yeah. I'd go with kindergartners every time. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good time. Yeah. Uh, anytime you can avoid middle schoolers, I think. <laughs> 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 True. All right. All right. Thanks for that. And thanks to my wife for putting these questions together. Our spotlight for this week is with Maria and Gleb. Maria and Gleb, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here. We, we're, we're talking to you. You are the parents outreach liaisons. What does that mean? We're part of the team. We're just part, you know, there's other people uh, who is part of the team, so we're just representing the okay. team. And so this this team, what does this team do? We work pretty much with any parent of a student in the district who does not communicate in English. Okay. So I do, uh, uh, my colleague and I do Russian and Ukrainian. Maria and her colleague do Spanish. Hmm. Great. And I imagine you both have a, there's a, a decent population from both those groups in this area. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then with Russian Ukrainian, there's probably been a big influx in the last year or so since the war started over there. Correct. Considering everything uh, that is happening in the world, there's been an influx. And traditionally, I believe uh, that 
it's English as the most spoken language in Clark County, Portland mm -hmm. metro area. Spanish is number two. And then, believe it or not, Russian and Ukrainian is language number three. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's not surprising. That's not surprising at all. Um, in fact, this building, I don't know if you know this, but you know our church moved here last September, but before that it was a Slavic church. So we traded traded buildings with them. And so um, I know, and there's another, another uh, Slavic church in the area, I think probably several. So... So you, what you do is you provide interpretation. You you get you 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 talk with the parents, and then you're also, but you're helping create lines of communication, right, between the school or teacher. Yes, we we are the bridge. Yeah, we are the bridge between um, the schools and the parents, mm -hmm. and we um, we help uh, communication between the, the the two parties, and um, that's basically our job. You know, just communicate. Like Leb said, with those that are not able to communicate directly to uh, with uh, our staff, mm -hmm. and so we are the ones that are communicating continually with, between these two parties. Yeah. So, so what happens when you when when you don't exist? I guess that's the way to put it. When when you're not around, uh, what happens to that to the to the opportunities for the students when when you have this language barrier? They are so much more limited and things are so much slower and less effective. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you've got you've got you know multi-language learners um, and and you've got students that are maybe trying to learn both languages, right? And then but then you've got parents that that may not know know the language at all. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, so so you're working to you're working to to create some some form of relationship between the school and the parent, uh, even though there's no way for them to actually communicate. So 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 can you share? You don't have to share any specifics, but can you share a story or a time where you where it became very evident to you, very clear? Um, if I wasn't here, there would be there would be a major breakdown, a major disaster. If if I wasn't doing this job, does something come to mind? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> which story do you want me to share? Yeah. Uh, I mean, let me tell you something fun. Mm. Uh, let's just see. Uh, as you probably know, there are many different countries in the world with different cultures, languages, and what have you. <laughs> things are done differently. So one of the things is how more easygoing we are here in America with um, official things. Okay. It's not as, like, strict gruff. Mm -hmm. uh, so, boy, let me just tell you a story from this morning. <laughs> uh, a uh, student at one of the high schools had a number of absences, unexcused, mm -hmm. and uh, the parent got a letter, you know, whatever right many this many absences and here are the laws and of course the mom is freaking out oh my god you are sending my kid to truancy cord we are doomed <laughs> right? and all it took was a conversation between um the attendance office with yours truly helping right? and the uh student and mom saying like hey it's fine like you can uh Pretty much most things are excusable. You just got to tell us. Right. Here are the ways. You can write a note. You can email. You can call. 
these days you can even text our uh, attendant specialist. And um, yeah, it was, it seemed like a mountain was lifted off of the parents' shoulders. Wow, this is not a big deal because back in the old country, this would be any sort of official interaction would have been a big ordeal. Mm -hmm. Done and done. Yeah, because it's not just a language barrier, it's a cultural barrier. You know, culture is very different and there's a much, a much bigger authoritative feel in other cultures than we have here. We're free going in a lot of ways. We yep. we maybe don't even respect authority in, in some situations, but there, there is no disrespect. There's fear of authority, right? Yep. Yeah. So Maria, do you have any? I was just going to highlight um, the many different ways in which we uh, help our parents. Yeah. So we, uh, we do uh, translation. Um, we help with IEPs. We help with uh, translating parent-teacher conferences, we, uh, we, um, my, my name just went blank, but, uh, just so much, I mean, um, fights at school, um, hmm. absences, um, uh, having to pick up students early because they have medical appointments, so there is a great number of different ways that we, uh, serve the community. Yeah. Well, I feel like we should have we should speak in your in in these other languages and and but I don't know how to have a conversation because <laughs> I don't speak either of them. So can you can you just give us a, a little sample of of a conversation you might need to have uh, something something you would say if someone called up and and was talking to you? Can you just say a few things for us and um, in Spanish? Yeah, <laughs> is that putting you on the spot too much? <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Here, uh, uh, I can. Why don't I give you uh, a? Uh, usually, when I call on the phone, yeah. I'll give you. Uh, so let's just say you are the principal of yeah. uh, a school calling for a parent. Okay. Добрый день. Вас беспокоит переводчик из школьного округа по просьбе директора школы. У нас к вам несколько вопросов. Пожалуйста, перезвоните нам по телефону триста шестьдесят восемь восемь пять Большое спасибо. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, I we've actually got some Russian and uh, on some of our uh, electrical panels that I should have had you translate while oh. you were here. <laughs> I could probably do that. Yeah, Maria can. Yeah. yeah, just answer the phone for us and yeah. Yes. Um. So the phone rings and um our our message is usually um hola buenos dias or buenas tardes uh you know puedo ayudar Maria Carvajal. And so the um, then the conversation continues. Mm-hmm. But that's usually the, the greeting that we get. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for what you do. I, I mean, I've I've not really experienced not being understood, except for um, a couple of times we had a food pantry for a while, and we'd have some clients come through. It was mostly it was mostly actually Russian Ukrainian families that would come through, and I remember getting so frustrated trying to use Google Translate on my phone, uh, trying to ask just the, the, the most basic, simple questions that, that you needed to answer from these families and not be, you know, you're pointing and you're, you're trying to, to mime it out or something and you're just, you get such a base level of communication. But then when somebody knows the language and can translate for you, then all of a sudden it's, all of that gone, all of that's gone, the fear is gone and you can actually just care about the person and try to help the person. So what you do is so important. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you. 
Thank you for having us. We are super happy to help. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up? That's it. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. All right. So our our conversation this week um, is well. It smells good in here. You guys brought coffee. It's with it's with the culinary experts in the district, and they brought some. It's the first time I think anyone brought something to the podcast, isn't it? It's setting a new precedent. Yeah. <laughs> Every guest now has to bring <laughs> something. We'll make sure Amanda can put that out. <laughs> I'd say culinary, the premise is hospitality. Yeah. So I think the goal was to serve people. I, we always try to encourage the students to have that mindset of, uh, I'm willing to serve people. So yeah, yeah, enjoy. Yeah. Well, Gene and Britt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. And uh, why don't you take a second and introduce yourselves and uh, just tell us a little bit a little bit about what you do, but also maybe about your journey to where you are. Okay. So I'll go first. I'm Brent. Uh, this is year eight at Prairie. Prior to this, I worked at uh, post-secondary education, culinary school. And that's actually where I bumped into Gene years ago, but I was actually at Battleground High School doing a presentation to students um, for the former teacher, Jessica Drake. And she was like, hey, you're kind of good at this. You should do it. And I was like, eh. <laughs> I don't want to be around high schoolers all day. It's fun to come out and do knives and fire and, and leave. Uh, and then uh, I have small children. They're growing up now. Um, but anyhow, my kid was like, why do you work all the time? Because I was working nights and weekends and holidays. And I called Jessica and was like, hey, is that still a thing? And she's like, yeah. So I posted for the job. And the next day they called me. And the next day they interviewed me. And they were like, can you start tomorrow? And I was like, whoa, that's fast. So, uh, But prior to that, in high school, uh, I took a lot of the classes like like we teach um, the hands-on learning. I wasn't the type of student that really enjoyed reading or figuring out math equations or right. learning about history. I wanted to do things. And so I did really well in those classes. And after high school, I got a job in construction and I did that for a number of years and then went into banking and did that for a little bit. And uh, eventually just led me back into hands-on stuff. And culinary school was my route and I graduated and worked in the industry for a number of years. And I love it. Yeah. So eight years in, cool. twenty to go, I think. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was thirty. I don't know. Gene keeps adding adding years for me, but yeah. And uh, you know, much like our students, I started off. I tell my students the story. I started off at the BK Steakhouse, which is Burger King. Try to make it a little bit more gourmet. Yeah. So I, I like to identify with them because I started off uh, having an interview with a regional recruiter at Bellevue High School, and uh, and then boom, when I was on the opening team of a new restaurant, which was pretty exciting at that age, and um, and then I just uh, migrated into the industry. Was a cook in the army, uh, used my GI Bill, went to the Culinary Institute of America in New York, and then uh, went to WSU, go Cougs. Um, and go Tigers. I'm going to get that in there. Don't forget. And, uh, and so, uh, and then I had an invitation to stay, do my master's and teach. And so I was in Pullman for about nine years teaching and, and I've been in academia ever since, hmm. um, uh, taught and administrated a number of programs in the Pacific Northwest and, and West. And, um, and, and then decided, uh, there was a lot of disruption in post-secondary culinary arts education and, decided to come back to the classroom and get back to students mm -hmm. and just on the front line. Uh, I've been here at Battleground for five years um, 
Yeah, this is my fifth and absolutely love it. Thank you, Jessica Drake as well. Yeah, so, Jessica um, Drake, shout out. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, uh, nothing for you, Travis. So, <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, grateful to be here and love. Uh, it's it's interesting coming out of administrating for, for 15, 20 years and, and getting back to the classroom and noticing that I need to apply the expectations that I had for other people. Now it's about uh, engaging students, keeping them uh, at the table and learning and um, and really having fun uh, doing it. Coming through COVID was an experience. And, yeah. And we still uh, still continue to try to, to connect with, um, we have a, a new curriculum and uh, we're, Britt and I are both, we'll talk a little bit about that, I'm sure, but uh, just excited about keeping students engaged and giving them life skills and preparing them for the industry if they huh. want to do that. Yeah, so you you cooked in the army. That must mean you you know how to cook massive amounts of food. Is that? Yeah, yeah. I cooked uh, in Germany, and then I was in Desert Shield and Desert Storm. So I cooked in the desert uh, for about six months, and mm. absolutely uh, helped build a foundation. So love doing larger events, and the advanced classes are picking up more of that. So that's mm. pretty exciting for us. Yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, anytime, anytime we talk about food, I think about you know the the events that we've had over the years. And there it was a guy who was in the army who would, and in one of my choirs, he would come and he'd cook for us. And it's just amazing to watch somebody that knows what they're doing in a kitchen. And they've got, you know, 45 different things going all, all around the room and nothing gets messed up. Nothing gets burned. Yeah. Yeah. If I try to cook anything, like there's a good chance out of one, one of the two things is going to get, going to get messed up. Right. <laughs> I, I just do not cook. So I have a lot of appreciation for people who do it well, but um, so let's talk a little bit about, about the curriculum because people might think, well, you just go to class and you just sit around and make food and eat it. And, you know, what, yeah. what, what could you possibly be I, learning? I, I think most people, you know, most people's point of reference is the old, you know, home ec classes. Right. And it's evolved so much it's a different it's a different type of of program and experience for kids which mm-hmm. is really cool and you know we talked a little bit about the engagement part that's what i that's what i notice every time i have the um the the great opportunity to go into the classes i just see the level of engagement like mm-hmm. you just don't see mm-hmm. um, anywhere else yeah it's really right. cool yeah so what is your what does your curriculum look like well we did a whole a revamp last year and, and took it before yeah, the I saw board. these guys down at district office several days. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, we, we dug in and we, we got our frameworks done too for this year. So we were double dipping a little bit to make life a little bit easier. But um, yeah, Britt and I really wanted to make sure we were connecting with what does the workforce need? You know, mm-hmm. listening to mm-hmm. our advisory committee uh, and, and making sure that at first that we're looking at life skills and helping students cook at home um, and in their futures, uh, this is this is one of those classes that you can't say I'm never going to need this in the future. And so, um, so giving them life skills is super important. But then we obviously the the, the baseline, the lowest common denominator, should be how do we prepare them for the workforce? And um, and there's always needs. Our industry is turbulent, a lot of turnover. And um, it, you know, I, my son goes to battleground, and every time I take him through a drive-through on occasion. I'd say uh, 50 plus percent of the time, it's one of my past students mm-hmm. here in, in Battleground. I, maybe if I go down to Prairie, I know I've got some students at Dairy Queen that just opened, but um, but it's it's sometimes they don't know they want to work or will need to work that first entry-level job in our industry. And so they're in our class and they think it's a life skill. And then all of a sudden they need some cash flow and they need gas money and everything changes. Mm-hmm. And our industry is the one of most 
choices. And mm-hmm. so just as I started when I was uh, 14. And so, so I think just the curriculum is focused on, um, and I'll let Britt comment on this. It's just focused on trying to align them with that trajectory of, Hey, maybe not only do I want an entry level job and get a, get a, a paycheck while I'm in high school, but then some of them, how do I reach beyond that and look at a career in the hospitality and, and food service industry? So you want to comment on that? I think I, you hit most of it, but I think the other thing that we, we do is that we're a big focus on 21st century skills. So besides students that want to just work in culinary, we're teaching them like self-confidence and, uh, you know, all of the things mm-hmm. that are going to make you an employee or a problem solving, yeah. problem solving, being able to work together as yeah. a team, all yeah. of those things, yeah. all yeah. of those things. And mm-hmm. as you mentioned earlier, the, you know, the chef that had 45 things going, you know, at once, that's what we're doing. You know, we have seven stations and we have four students at each station. And so mm-hmm. we're mother hen running around right. and making sure everyone's <laughs> not dying. Right, so, right. um, right. there's a lot that goes into it. And, uh, I think students, students gain that confidence just from seeing us as well. So it's more than just what they're doing, but what they're, what they're being exposed to. Well, I noticed that, you know, every time I've had the experience to work with you guys, the pride that comes and shows through students. I mean, there's this, they just are so, uh, there's a sense of achievement, you know, when they've put something together, you know, the, the meal or the dish or, you know, I remember we had a board tour at um, Battleground High School and they taught us how to do the um, eggs, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I just had a blast with that. You know, it was just they were teaching us and um, it's just, you know, like I said, I've I've been able to be into the classes several times and just the level of engagement, but more so than engagement is just they're having fun. You know, there's a lot of smiling and laughing and, you know, they're, they're, they're just enjoying it, mm-hmm. which is really, really cool. Yeah. Has, has the uh, fire department ever been called to either of your classrooms? <laughs> Not yet for me. No, no I think, but- I think they, um, Disarmed the smoke alarms in my room because the yeah. ventilation's not great in there. And yeah. if we yeah. cook bacon, don't, it's don't say that. Oh, sorry. No, we have a very we extensive can, fire yeah. system. We can edit that retract, out. retract. Yeah. But it does uh, on occasion look like a, a JLo concert with the fog machine going. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm just going to get some strobe lights and some that's LED right. lights right. in there and yeah. turn on some music. Well, we were talking about that. You know, that's one of the, the, um, detriments to being in a district that has, you know, older buildings and we haven't been able to modify our facilities mm-hmm. yet is that, you know, these guys are still working out of, you know, kitchens and setups that were designed for, like I said earlier, the old home ec system. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily meet their needs, which is another, you know, it's a kudos to them that they they make it work with what they have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. My room was actually, I think when it was built was the 12 weeks of sewing. 12 weeks of childcare and 12 weeks of cooking. Yeah. yeah. When I first started, all the sewing machines were still in the room. Wow. So we make it work. And, and uh, as Gene mentioned, he cooked in the army. You can put a kitchen anywhere, right? And make it work. So, so you sew your own aprons and then. You know. No, we, Amazon takes care of that oh. for us. Yeah. Amazon, they make it pretty easy yeah. now. Yeah. So, um, well, we've got some other things here like field trips. What, do, what field trips do you get to do when you're in the culinary arts? Yeah, I had I had a unique um, pre-COVID. I mean, like a week before COVID. Uh, and then during this last summer, I did summer school yeah. in partnership. Uh, with the skill center, thanks, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With, with and, and yeah, and partnered with them. and But we delivered up here. 
And yeah. so it was students. I have one of those students in my class this semester now that extended. He did the, the culinary arts, intro to culinary arts class this summer. And then now he's doing the intro to baking and pastry arts class. And um, shout out to Kenneth. And and so um, it's exciting to to see uh, them engage. Um, and and really, when you, you look at being able to diversify in, in summer and do what we do during the school year. Um, uh, yeah, I just, I'm absolutely at a loss of what I'm talking about right now. Mm. So you're gonna have to cut that out. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keeping it in. No. I don't even know what was the question that you Field trips. Field trips. Oh, field trips. Yeah. There we go. I would not have found my way back. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so, all right. So resuming. So field trips. Uh, so uh, I took students out pre-COVID and, and this summer to Tillamook. And we, you know, some of the students in Battleground have not even seen the Pacific Ocean yet. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I had two students uh, right before COVID. Uh, it was their first time on the coast. Um, they did a pie like we're doing. We're rolling out to Battleground staff and uh, district. Um, we're doing pie sales. We're rolling out pie sales this week in real oh, time. Nice. And, and so it's already live on the website where you can go purchase. But we did pie sales back then, raised money. So they had that application uh they designed uh what pies would be um would be a you know something that they could produce in 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 mass and so we sold pies for that field trip went out to jacobson salt so they they learned about salt harvesting uh we went to tillamook cheese which you have to do out there and then we went to uh ownership has changed but big wave uh uh, cafe up in uh, manzanita area and 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 we were able to with the field trip funds that they raised take them out to lunch and they had oysters on a half shell. And some of them have never been in, in a mid-level or really, or even nicer restaurant uh-huh. establishment. And to, to have that opportunity to sit and, and have a meal together outside of our classroom. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, what a delight. So we mm-hmm. did that um, pre COVID. And then I took, I did another trip this last summer out to, to Tillamook as well. And we plan on, on having a summer uh, or a spring trip this year from the pie sales that mm. we're doing over the next week. So, cool. Britt, do you guys have any? We don't. Huh? We we just keep everything in house, and I have I have chefs that come in and do mm. presentations for us. But maybe someday yeah. get on Gene's level and <laughs> get a whole bus full. I don't know. Yeah. So, know. what do you have chefs come in and do? Just demos, presentations, uh, and I don't know if you have children of your own, but I can tell my own kids something a hundred times. And then a stranger will say, don't, right. and then, they'll, and then they'll don't. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, Validation. I can be, uh, yeah, I can be in class and I, I do demos, you know, constantly for my, for my crew. Um, but when I have someone else with a different chef coat come in, mm-hmm. uh, it just grabs our attention. So right. it's beneficial. We do the, you know, the, uh, interview, uh, yeah. Go through the process. Fair. Yeah, yeah. We right. do all the, you know, the, the yeah. work based stuff through yeah. school, but I mm-hmm. would like to get out, um, at one point we had it set up, it was pre-COVID to do a culinary school tour and then hit the food trucks in Portland and then oh, co- wow. COVID ruined all that. So what, we haven't gotten back on. You know, both of you have mentioned COVID. What did COVID look like for you in terms of teaching your classes? Wow. Um, I remember I remember Jess, Jessica coming in and doing, she was my evaluator at the time during COVID. And so having the person who taught my class for years, mm-hmm. then as my evaluator come in, I remember her evaluating me. Uh, and and it was it was difficult, right? Yeah. And and really, you're looking for them to demonstrate uh, skills, but you can't see them doing it. So 
I had, I remember surveying my students um, and I did like a pair deck and, and surveyed them and, and asked the question, how many are really cooking? I mean, the idea was that they would take what I'm teaching them and that they would cook it for their families. Right. And uh, uh, over 50% of them gave me a response of yes, that they were cooking at home more than, and probably more than, than even now, I would imagine. Because um, it changed everything right. for all of us, right. right? And we were all just sort of shut in. But so, and I think tactically, um, it, it was challenging. My my son, Matthew, was my video guy and, and Britt's kids were in his videos and we <laughs> we would roll our families. I had one video that... I had my my all three of my kids in it, and they played varying levels of engaged students mm. to sort of say, "Hey, this is what you sh- this is what we're looking for right. in the culinary arts classroom if if and when we get back." And then this is the behaviors that the lack of engagement that we're we're not so inspired by. And so we we got creative. Um, yeah. We did a lot of video demos. Uh, Britt and I both did. And, um, and what's funny is I don't use any of that content anymore because we're doing live demos now and that's, you know, you get to eat the food that we're tasting again. But so I think it was a a time of creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it forced us both to, to get out of the box. Uh, we used our families, (laughs) maybe overused our families a little bit, um, in some of our production and editing, um, comments from you. Yeah. Mine, uh your daughter was hilarious. Yeah, in your so Scarlett was, I think, four at the time, uh, <laughs> and she was a handful. Um, but we did everything. Everything was on video. The beautiful thing about it, though, now is that if I'm gone, like today, uh, I have that video loaded in Google Classroom, so students can watch that, and we get back, you know, Monday. We're right, back in the right. kitchen, so we don't lose any any time. Right. Um, but my son, yeah, he was a little camera shy, uh, so he was the the camera guy, and then my daughter was right in there. We did win a national contest during that. It was for the uh, grossest cooks in America. There's a video for crepes. I don't know if you guys have seen that one or not, but my daughter was, I want to mix, I want to mix, I want to mix. And I was like, no, 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 no. Cause I knew it was going to go bad. <laughs> well, eventually I broke down uh, as I think all fathers do. And I passed the bowl to her. And as soon as I passed, she sneezed right in. <laughs> and um, Pepsi was running a thing through uh, Twitter. I think it's X now, but uh, for grossest cooks in America during COVID, cause everybody was doing like sourdough or whatever yeah, else. Right, right. So I took that little clip of her sneezing in and I submitted it to Pepsi. And within like 20 minutes, they were like, congratulations. You're one of the grossest people in America. And I was like, yay. Uh, so we want a two liter bottle of apple pie, Pepsi. Which I I still have. Well, it doesn't. They made 1,500 bottles of it, and I'm the proud owner. And it's a trophy in your room now? It's like in the garage in a box somewhere. Maybe I should put it in my classroom. The way collectibles go in 20 years, it'll be worth something. That's right. Uh, Yeah, maybe. So that, I mean, I enjoyed it, but it was also really frustrating. I didn't realize how difficult video production was until I started doing it. Mm -hmm. But I think that made me a better educator, like a better demonstrator because seeing myself on camera like oh i do this weird tisk before i talk so i would go back in the video and edit i could see the little sound bite and be like delete 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 right uh and then when that went away i had this weird <clears throat> like voice clear before mm-hmm. i started talking and when we were remote when it was over zoom i would play the video from home and they would be at home and they'd watch the video and as gene mentioned they would cook and then upload a photo that was great when we came back to in-person learning but we were still six foot social distance I'd be in class showing my video. So my audience is right there watching me and it was super cringy. Uh, so I was grateful when we were able to actually start cooking again. Um, but I'm glad I had the videos and I also have that, like that time capsule of cooking with my mm-hmm. kids, right. you know, it's yeah. forever. Right. 
In, unless YouTube goes away. Yeah. <laughs> right? I think yeah. you're safe. Right. Yeah. So do you, do you taste the, the cooking of all of your kids? Do you go around the room and taste what Can you making? not tell that we do? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when I think uh, assessment, so important, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. giving them feedback. And there, there are times that you want to stay at one station and just keep tasting that <laughs> one. Um, and, and that's always encouraging to the students when you come by and, and right. taste the baked macaroni and cheese right. from scratch with the bechamel sauce out of the mother sauces that they learned about. And, um, and then, and then they what hit is, it. What hit is it. bechamel sauce? Yeah. So I, t- we, we talk about soup stock sauces. And so bechamel is one of the five mother sauces. So sauce tomato, espanol, bechamel, velouté, that my, all my students should be repeating after me right now. And, um, and then hollandaise is sort of an emulsion, modern uh, uh, fifth sauce in, in the repertoire. So, so bechamel is just a basic white sauce thickened mm. with a roux. So dairy, uh, milk, uh, traditionally, and, and roux, flour, and, and fat, uh, 50-50 ratio. Um, we're getting math in there a yeah. little bit. So, so but, but the, yeah, when, when you go by and you taste it, and you're like, wow, this is better than mine. Yeah. This is better than the one yeah, I demoed cool. that that's when um we're even now we're you know we're just over we're 56 percent of the way or so through the semester i'm always harping on where we're at to know where we're at and but i i think um when you see when you look at the classroom and it's and students are engaged and they're talking about the learning standards and how do we uh take pictures of what we're doing to evidence what they did and what they learned and I see the machines sort of just going, oh, it is a delight. And then to have the outcome of, of great food um, uh, is exciting. And when I'm, I'm a believer in burning is learning. So you mm, can still access good. an A. You can, you can access an A. If you can, in your student learning assessment template, if you can demonstrate to me what happened wrong and what you would do differently, that's still A, right. learning right. in my book. So, that's cool. So that they make a mistake is not what I'm measuring. I'm measuring learning. And so- that's an imperative, and uh, I think in both of our classrooms for sure. So do you do you have like a Gordon Ramsay kind of style in the classroom? <laughs> no, I, I would I would never attest no. to that. No, no. <laughs> only only like joking, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Get out of here, you donkey, or yeah. whatever. You know? Yeah. Say, do you, you ever call people donkeys? Or, yeah. I don't yeah. know if there are any other things he calls people that we can say sure, on you, the podcast. You have <laughs> to you have to build that relationship first, though. You can't right. do it day one, mm-hmm, or your right. numbers will drop. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um, there's one more thing that we haven't gotten into very much, and that is the the providing food for events. So, so how does that go when you when you are when you are I'm trying to think the catering when you're catering an event and you've got a group of students like the event over here at the the BGEF that was a couple months ago. I noticed you had some students there. Yeah. So, start to finish, how does that work? Well, I think that was going back to the the initial question of curriculum. That was we added an advanced culinary arts and entrepreneurship yeah. class. So that was huge to, because we had a demand in district and in our buildings, we, we don't do off premise. We don't compete, you know, you know, outside, but the idea is to create learning opportunities that serve the, you know, the, the prairie and, and um, battleground community in our schools. And so we have the intro to culinary arts, intro to baking and pastry arts. So students can sort of entry either way. And then the advanced culinary and entrepreneurship and service courses is about that, that piece of how do we learn how to design a menu? How do we cost the pie? How do we, yesterday we pivoted yesterday, we had three pies being offered, but we were rolling out pie for the last week and a half. And I was like, okay, this seems a little bit 
maybe too much. So we made a decision as a class yesterday. Let's go ahead and scale down to two pies. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a traditional pumpkin pie with a graham cracker crust, a little bit of a uh, different tweak on that. And then we're doing a, an apple cheesecake pie with cinnamon apples in it. That's a double crust. And, um, and so, but we eliminated, sorry for those of you who wanted the chocolate silk pie, but it's not going to happen. So, <laughs> but the idea is that they're learning how to pivot. And so the pies are an example of, of an event that we're doing pre-sales online. Um, but then for an example, we did the, um, the CTE advisory committee dinner last spring and it was a multi-course and, and we, um, the students in my advanced class migrated through that event and they were so excited about the event that, that serves as a, I think students are more excited about doing things um, related to learning, uh, you know, applying the skills that we're teaching, not just living in the theory realm. And so we had a blast. We set up a lights and and um, we had the grill and the sort of the central station and plated the the plates up and did a three course meal, making sugar cages for the dessert and and grilling pork loin. Um, they had a they had a really good time. Yeah. So that fun, you know, uh, fun while learning is happening is the best combination. I think the advanced class, we have the greatest opportunity to give students a way uh, to to uh, play at the tops of Bloom's taxonomy and get a little bit into creation um, and and learn a little bit of the business sense behind what we do in, in our field. And that then will help those students catapult. And a number of them already want to go on to culinary school or looking at um, looking at placement in industry outside of just uh, quick service restaurants. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Do you do any catering down at Prairie? We've done. Uh, we typically do school board tours. Yeah. Uh, we've done uh, advisory meetings, um, career fairs, uh, things like that. Yeah. Small. The citizens tour over at yeah. Prairie. Did yeah, that. I forget. Yeah. They sometimes they stack up, uh, mm-hmm. and the you know the nature of being in the classroom all day is you forget <laughs> about some of these things, and right. people are <laughs> yeah. don't forget about this, don't right. forget about that. But right. we do a great job. It's uh, sometimes can be challenging. Um, because of facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also student, you want to, you want to make sure that you have your, uh, brightest stars, mm-hmm. you know, showcased and maybe they have a job, maybe they're not available. And, right. uh, then you also want to open it up to everybody so that everybody has an opportunity. Like maybe you're going to be behind the scenes a little bit and not like out in front. I had, right. a, we did a, we did the, uh, advisory last year and I had a student that really, really wanted to do it. And, uh, she, sprayed a bottle of dressing all over one of our guests oh. and she was felt horrible, yeah. but you know, it's a, a learning opportunity, right. Right. I guess. Yeah. And yeah. fortunately the, the advisory member wasn't too upset. She like, it's just a shirt, no big deal. But the student was just mortified, but those mm-hmm. things happen too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we can uh, <clears throat> dance and uh, celebrate all the successes. We also need to, or sometimes bad things happen yeah. too. And how do we, how do we turn that into a learning opportunity? Yeah, get past right? them. Yeah. One of the things that I've always appreciated about these two guys is that um, they're real ambassadors for the school district, mm-hmm. and they're they're advocates too. I mean, Britt, for instance, uh, we just had a legislative tour uh, for CTE programs, mm-hmm. um, and we brought our legislators into Britt's classroom, and he was able to explain, you know, the impact that his program has on kids. The 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 professional development in terms of careers for them and advocate at the same time with our legislators who walked away extremely impressed. And I think understood some of the challenges that we're in for. So I'm always appreciative of, of that component too, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and nothing, nothing, um, nothing grabs a, (laughs) um, a, 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 
a citizen or a community member more than providing them with food. Right. Yeah. And so, so when they come to this and they see the professional level of the of our students and they see the quality of the food service, uh, I always, you know, I always, whenever we do stuff like that, the first thing that people will comment on is is oftentimes the culinary program mm-hmm. and the impact and how right. cool it is and how great it is and how fantastic right. it is. I mean, we the, saw that when we did the, um, the patron the, tour, the patron yeah. tour. Right. I mean, that was the thing that everybody, mm-hmm. and that was at battleground high school at time. So that was, that was the thing. Everybody kept raving about both of your programs. Whenever, whenever I've been in there, whenever you've been part of something, <laughs> Um, I just want you to know that it's so meaningful and helpful for the district. Mm. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Danny. Well, are you guys for hire? People outside the... (laughs) No. 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 No, 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 not you individually, but like catering for hire to go up. No, no. No No fundraisers? Fundraisers, okay. Okay. But (laughs) stop stop causing trouble. In-house. Sorry. In-house. But you can buy it. You can buy pies. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for being here with us today. And thanks for all you do in the schools. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. Of course. Absolutely. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like us to cover on the podcast, you can send an email to info at bgcast.org. We'll do our best to not only cover topics that matter to the district, but also those that matter to us as members of the Battleground community. You can also join our mailing list by going to bgcast.org where we'll post the episodes and any additional information necessary. Until next time, I'm David Lindner, and thanks for working to bring the Battleground community and schools together. The BG Cast is a production of 6-8 Media in partnership with Battleground Public Schools.